Your day has just begun. Yeah! But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Trending! Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah! Hashtag Utah Jazz. Donovan, rising fire high above the arc, and he hits it. And Billy Donovan wants a timeout on that one. 10-9, Utah. Yang hands it to Clarkson right side. Clarkson drives, got the baseline clear. Kicks to Ingles, left corner three. Another for Joe! Holy cow, Joe Ingles, how do you do it? Four for five from three to start the night. Donovan drops that kick out. Ingles, three, right side. Oh, he's still got the flames coming out of him. Driving. Rudy, block shot, that's number nine. Rudy's new career high blocks. 97-79, it's a palindrome, and Rudy's on fire. The Utah Jazz blow out the Chicago Bulls, 120-95 to wrap up a five-game road trip. In style, Donovan Mitchell had 30, Rudy Gobert, one block shy of a triple-double, Joe Ingles, 17 off the bench, and as you can tell from David Locke, he made five out of six three-pointers. The Jazz dominated this one, PK. It was a little bit like watching a game in January. They they defended, they held the Bulls under 100 points, they didn't give up a bunch of easy layups and putbacks and stuff, and they won by more than 20 points. There was no drama at the end. It was like old times. If old times, I mean, you know, like six or seven weeks ago. Yeah, they definitely broke out of their funk. Uh, you know, the thing that I like is they, they didn't have a lackluster start. They didn't allow a team that's under 500 to think, hey, we got a chance. They put the Bulls into their place early, and the Bulls know we're not as good a team. It's just the facts are we're well into the season now, and, you know, we've got Levine. He's nice, and marketing didn't have a good game at all. So the players that you would think that maybe would need to play huge were not that huge, and the Jazz were able to control it, and the tempo, and just the feeling of it is like, okay, we got this game. Yeah, and I think the Bulls definitely settled into, well, We'll play and we'll get our points. But I thought there were a lot of quick shots, not really good shots, settling for jumpers. And the Jazz defended them, but i got to say, midway through that game, I thought it was pretty clear the Bulls were making themselves pretty easy to be defended as well. Okay, well, you're the basketball expert on the station, on our show anyway, so I'm going to defer to you. Jazz are off today. They play the Nets tomorrow. Now, the Nets announced that Kyrie Irving isn't traveling on this three-game road trip. The Nets are playing in Portland tonight. Durant is out. He's played less than half the games this year. So, it is definitely a shorthanded team. But they will have Harden, and they do have some other players around them. So, see what happens with that game. That'll be 8 o'clock on ESPN tomorrow night. With Irving, it's a, it's a family matter. Club's uh, out ahead of it, and he'll just miss these three games on this trip. So, DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Inbounds to Moran. He gets free. Moran up and under the basket. Reverse layup is good. He hangs. He double clutches, spins, and gets fouled. Back rim to Connaughton. Holiday steps back for a corner three. Swish. Bango, Drew Holiday. Wall round a tape pick. Goes inside to a cutting take, catches it in traffic, up fakes, draws the foul. There was no whistle. He got fouled, but he laid it up and in anyway. Jay Shantate! Leonard top of the key with five to shoot. Working on Snell, childhood friend. Step back three ball. Oh, yes! Cash money! Kawhi Leonard from straight away. The dagger. There's Kawhi Leonard, 25 points as the Clippers beat the Hawks, 119 to 110. Hawks had an eight-game win streak. They've climbed from 11th to 4th in the East on the strength of that win streak. And they led by 22 in this one. The Clippers were really struggling, so they went with the bench, PK, and the bench got him back in the game, and then the starters came in and, and finished it as we hear Kawhi Leonard with a dagger. So an odd game for the Clippers, but ultimately a, a 119-110 win as the bench gets them back in when they were getting, uh, getting annihilated, down 22. Way to go, Clipper bench. Rockets' 20-game losing streak is over. They beat Toronto 117-99. to Sean Tate, who we heard in the highlights, had 22 points. A 20-game losing streak. That would be miserable. But it's over. Who is Sean Tate? Never heard of him. Yeah, I know, right? His backstory. Uh, blank. 
Grizzlies beat the Celtics in OT. You heard John Morant in there. He had 29-9. and Boston's troubles continue. They continue going sideways, not looking like much of a contender in the East. And the Spurs, who uh, were battling for that uh, fifth spot, are kind of fading away here. The Hornets beat them 100-97. to Gordon, Gordon Hayward had 27 as Charlotte got the win. Hall of Famer Elgin Baylor passed away due to natural causes at the age of 86. He followed his illustrious playing career with the Lakers. Uh, with more than 20 years as the general manager of the Clips, he was an 11-time All-Star, 10-time All-NBA selection, and widely credited for being the first above-the-rim high flyer. Jerry West spoke of him as a, a mentor, a big brother figure, and the best person he knew. Never got the wow. championship. Bill Russell. Beating him in the finals all those times. Eight trips the to the finals. The best person Jerry West knew? Yeah, Jerry West dropped that quote. Best the person best I know. best person? Yeah. Wow. Best person I know. Don't you have any interaction? Normally when somebody dies, we on our, on our station and every station I've ever listened to, they like to tell us about how what interaction they had with that person. I had no interaction with Elgin Baylor. Zero, huh? Zero. You probably had some in L.A. He was a Clipper GM. He must have gone to sure. press conferences where he was talking about draft picks. Yeah. Well, tell us about your interaction, PK, because people on the station. <laughs> you never had a one-on-one with him? You sidled up along him after uh, the press conference? I, I think I talked to him, been passing, sure. Yeah, but, I mean, who cares? We just, I always find that interesting when somebody dies. And they go, well, well, my interaction, like the listener really cares. I mean, I was not friends with Elgin Baylor, but I saw him a million times at Clipper games. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. The dominant second half has Oregon, the number seven seed, knocks out the two seed in the West, beating Iowa by a score of 95 to 80. And now UCLA can dribble out the final 10 seconds. That'll do it. And UCLA, who got into the dance by the skin of their teeth after losing four straight, has now won three games in six days to march on to the program's 21st Sweet 16 appearance. USC lost its top five scorers from last year reloads and is going to the Sweet 16. 85-51, the Trojans douse Kansas. The Sweet 16 is set. Four Pac-12 teams advancing. Colorado got knocked out, but both L.A. schools and both Oregon schools advance. Oregon State's going to take on Loyola of Chicago. A couple of Cinderella's there, PK. UCLA, Alabama... USC and Oregon are going head-to-head, so there's going to be uh, another team knocked out and another team uh, from the Pac-12 definitely make it into the Elite Eight. So I'm looking at SC's roster, you know, and I've always thought they had the most talent in the conference. Uh, I, I've said that on numerous occasions. Certainly the, the Mobley kid and his brother have a shot to play in the NBA. But anyway, I'm looking at the SC roster, and we make fun of Britton Covey being old. SC has a kid that started his basketball career at Southern Utah in 2013. Yeah, he thinks Britton Covey's a kid. Britton didn't yeah. get college till 2015. And so I'm reading his bio, and I assume he went on a Latter-day Saint mission. It doesn't say it, but it says he's fluent in Mandarin. Now, uh-huh. all, everybody I know who's fluent in Mandarin is an absolute nerd. <laughs> hey. Watch yourself. <laughs> who isn't of that culture? They're not nerds. But any white guy who is fluent is an absolute nerd. I'll, I'll put it that way. Yet again, tread so, lightly. Yeah. So uh, I assume it's because he went on a, a Latter-day Saint mission. Uh, but 2013. Wow, man. That, that uh, Covey didn't start till 2015, right? Right, yeah. 2015. Yeah. So, man, what they must make uh, fun of him. Now, he's not as much of a player on the team as Covey is on the youth football program. So, uh, so wow, that, that's funny. When I was just going through that, I, I got to figure the kid is LDS, obviously, with the Southern Utah connection and fluent in Mandarin. Uh, what are they, Chinese Mandarin or Mandarin Chinese? How do you say that, Yuck? 
Mandarin, but it's Mandarin Chinese, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I would imagine that's where he served his mission, and that would account for two of those years, and then he had a knee injury or something that got the year back, and blah, blah, blah. But if this year doesn't count, he could be nine <laughs> years if he chose to come back next season. Who was a Florida State quarterback? Was it Chris, Chris Winky? Yeah. yeah, was he 28th? He played, played, he played minor yeah, league he played ball. ball. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you see that from time to time. Yeah, there's been a few of those. Yeah. And some guys who also served in the Army who came back and played football yeah. in their 30s. But that that doesn't that they're they're older, but it's not like they started eight years ago. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep, I they're, do. They, they just started the, their time the, later. Usually, the clock starts running. You can pause the clock, you know, four to, you got five years to play four, and now with yeah. the pandemic, you get a bonus year, and with the mission, your clock will pause for two years. So it's, it's hard to stretch it out. Bonus year for uh, multiple surgeries, you see that sometimes. Get the sixth year of eligibility. And he's got the Mormon name, McKay. I think it's McKay Anderson. So he fits right in there. Not that McKay's a, a Mormon name, but it's uh, let's, let's call it like it is. It's mostly a Caucasian name. Any other surprises for you in the Sweet 16? Three one seeds and two twos left, so there's a few of the big dogs left. Obviously, there's a lot of a lot of people who maybe weren't expecting to be there. Maybe some of the lower seeds did. We should have been seated this low. We're that good. Or seeds had their are, path cleared. Seeds don't matter. I mean, seeds, are, seeds are just the way to start the tournament, so if you want to get excited about that whatever i mean it, i was surprised that oregon had such an easy time with iowa the way they just basically rolled them and uh, <clears throat> that garza kid who was crying when he got taken out he got my wooden award as uh, the wooden award winner this year i voted him number one uh, gonzaga looked good again i mean i, I think this Suggs. i'm gonna go i'm gonna say Suggs is gonna be the best gonzaga pro that they've had they've had a slew of pros uh, I think right now Sabonis owns that title. But Suggs, man, he just looks so smooth and so good. Women's tournament, BYU with a rally from a 12-point deficit. The Cougars beat Rutgers 69-66. to Paisley Johnson-Harding had 28 in the win. Jeff Judkins has another team advancing in the tournament. He's been to the Sweet 16 a couple times before, and he will play for the Sweet 16 again. He's going to join us. Coming up in the 9 o'clock hour from San Antonio, where the entire women's tournament has relocated. Good for them. We love to see good things happen at Judd, and everybody does. Yep. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. I keep an eye on somebody like Trey Lance or Justin Fields. Those are the two that would make sense for them to target. Hear a lot of rumors out there that they are really high on Justin Fields out of Ohio State. So they'd have to travel quite a distance uh, to get up in range to get Justin Fields. CNFL.com's Daniel Jeremiah saying the Patriots may try and get a quarterback in the draft. They've re-upped Cam Newton for one more year. But what is the long-term plan? How far can they move up? Because not only are the quarterbacks going to go in the first round, PK, this mock draft has four or five quarterbacks, depending on who you read, going way early. You know, And so can you get in the top ten? Can you get into the top five? Wouldn't be surprising if there are three quarterbacks in the top five or six picks. That'd be awesome. Patriots, let them make a trade because they're going to draft Justin Fields. That wasn't bad. Good work. That <laughs> just come to you, or you work on that? Just came to me right now. Nice. <laughs> that was a little too good for me to think that it just came to you, because I know that's think what ninety-five percent of the stuff does. <laughs> but that was some high-end material there. So I thought, well, I I'm had gonna... no friggin' idea what Jared Daniel Jeremiah, Jeremiah was, was going to say. say. I don't know. I have no idea who Daniel Jeremiah Go is. Couldn't pick him out of a lineup. <laughs> I'm sure he knows what he's talking about, but I did not hear that until thirty seconds ago. Well, the money's still flying around. You remember Adore Jackson, uh, former USC football player, uh, was with the Titans. He's now a New York Giant for three years and $39 million, 20 of it fully guaranteed. Adore Jackson, the receivers at SC were so good that they moved him. It's not like Kyle, who moves his best players over there. They just figured, we got to get him on the field more. (laughs) Give you an idea of 
how great the SC receivers have been because he played a little bit of both. And then uh, obviously concentrating on the cornerback position in the NFL. Well, that cliche, whenever a defensive back drops an easy interception, that's why he's a defensive back. You can't catch the ball. If he had hands, he'd be on offense. Right. That doesn't really fit a Dory Jackson. So, No, um, he did play both ways a little bit, yeah. I'm watching the Giants. I expect him to hold on to those picks. Heisman Trophy winner Devonta Smith said he plans to officially weigh in for teams today at Alabama's Pro Day during due to concerns about his slight frame. He's not going to participate in on-field drills or do the other testing. Wants the game tape to speak for itself, as it should. It's so, quote, I feel like it's not going to be any different than college. I've played in the SEC. I feel like it's the toughest conference there is. I know a lot of people that are bigger than me. They have more problems than me. So I'm not worried about it at all. Okay. We'll see if teams are worried about it and where he goes. And six more civil lawsuits have been fired by the Houston Texans quarterback Deshaun Wa- or against the uh, Deshaun Watson, the Texans quarterback, alleging sexual assault and inappropriate contact. Houston area attorney Tony Busby has filed 13 lawsuits in all while representing the women who are Watson's accusers. Busby said a 14th will be filed soon. I don't remember anything like this, PK. This is one of a kind. All the cases are coming from one lawyer. I think usually when you see multiple cases, there are multiple lawyers. There's no criminal complaints with them. I think... When you see civil complaints, usually, not always, but usually you see criminal complaints with them. I would expect more than one lawyer. This is a this is a different deal. Deshaun Watson had the one initial statement, but he hasn't said anything since then as the lawsuits pile up. I don't know if, I don't know where this is going. Well, you just hope that justice prevails. Absolutely. Uh, on this, whatever the truth is, I hope it comes out to the way it's supposed to, the way truth is truth. And so... Uh, I hope that that's it's actually the conclusion. I find it interesting that it puts a bunch of media people in predicaments who tend to be outspoken on certain things, but don't have a peep to say about this one. Well, I don't think this uh, controversy is going away anytime soon. We'll see if people have uh, something to say. I just hope the truth prevails, yeah. man, as I do in all of these instances, whatever they might be. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There is no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That is Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Ben Anderson, jazz writer for kslsports.com, is going to join us at 8.30. Jeff Judkins, BYU women's basketball coach, coming up at about 9.10. The question of the day is on the way. Back to the Utah Jazz and their win in Chicago. Stay with us. It's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Number one. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Ah, uh, man, I thought he had it on the last one. You know, he's been, he was, I didn't realize he had nine until uh, we were talking about it on the bench. Um, but, you know, he's, he's been phenomenal in the defensive end, you know, going out there, challenging shots. They kept trying to attack him. Um, I don't know why. Um, I wouldn't. i just shoot a pull-up or something. Um, I don't know why guys continuously do that. But, you know, it helps us because he's out there just being an animal uh, on the perimeter, uh, in the mid-range, at the rim. So it helps us and it allows us to be more aggressive. Uh, There's Donovan Mitchell after the Utah Jazz finished the road trip with a win over the Bulls in Chicago and Rudy Blocks. Nine shots. Hot takes or toast. Brought to you by Jerry Seiner Cadillac. Check out the bold new lineup at Jerry Seiner Cadillac. It's definitely not your grandpa's Cadillac. Question of the day. Think the Jazz are back on track? Is this it? Back in the groove? Feeling good again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the correct answer is definitely maybe, but that's a totally horrible answer for Sports Talk Radio, PK. You need a definite answer that generates emotion. Well, that's your role. My role is to say absolutely. The Bulls are a low-end test, but that's a lot of... 25-point win. Yeah, 
And that's a lot of what they had in January was 25-point wins over mediocre teams. And we got people here saying, well, you know, uh, Brian here, it depends. Do the Bulls get to use the second game of a back-to-back excuse? Or is that only good for when the Jazz lose on the second game of a back-to-back? Yeah. Ser- seriously, the defense looked much better. Wednesday against the Nets will say a lot about where the Jazz stand. I'm not convinced it will. Let's see who plays. On the second night of a back-to-back with Durant and Irving already out, there's a chance more guys sit than we know. I mean, we know two of their three stars are out. But they could play a bunch of guys in Portland and sit them on the second night of a back-to-back. So let's see what the lineup looks like before we anoint the Nets a huge test. Man, I know it's the cliche, defense wins championships, and we go to that. But I look at the offense because offense is demoralizing. And the three-pointers where if you get a little run going and then, boom, they come down, you miss a shot, and they hit two three-pointers in a row, that's just demoralizing. Mm-hmm. And then you're thinking, man, we've got no shot. So you can look at the defense, and you just look at the final score determine whether they play good defense. And I suppose you can look at the final score and look at and determine whether you – what ball goes in the basket but I look at the offensive end because that's a demoralization and just to strip any hope away because no no matter how good you are they're better and it sends a message that it really doesn't matter what you do we're going to just outscore you we're going to have runs you'll have occasional a little bit of a nine to two but then we'll turn around and just in four possessions we'll up it to 12 we're, we're just that good, and you're not. And that's what I look, particularly early. Because I don't want to give these crappy teams some life thinking that, hey, they got a shot. And that's what I think could happen against Washington, clearly, obviously. And so I look at the offensive perspective and say, just, just put them in their place knowing that, man, you're going to have to play above what you're capable of. And we're going to have to play way below. Because if we're playing where we're capable of, it doesn't matter what we do in the other. We're just going to beat you. And if Rudy Gobert is an animal, what animal is he? If Rudy Gobert is an animal. Man, we haven't finished the last question. Now we're getting here to an animal. He just called him an animal. He just said it, Don. I didn't hear him say it until right now. He just said it. Well, it's got to be a big animal. I don't know. uh, Some combination... uh... Swatting, though. I'm shot blocking here. It's going to go some combination of elephant, giraffe, because it's got to be a big ant. It's got to be the biggest. I don't don't think it has to be the biggest, no. The biggest is Godzilla, and that's LeBron. It's actually Rudy's. LeBron is Godzilla. It's actually Rudy's license plate, so Rudy's pretty sure he's Godzilla. I was going to go with real animals, though. LeBron is. LeBron is the ultimate beast in the animal, in, in the animal kingdom, is he not? The king. Is. Yeah. Isn't that the lion? King of the All jungle? the animals. You don't necessarily have to be the biggest. But he's the best. Whatever the fiercest, most feared animal is, that's what LeBron is. Is, is it? Did you say lion? Is that? Yeah, because I just went LeBron's the king, and then the king of the jungle is the lion. You know. Oh, okay. I, I see where you're going. Well, who well, all but the you, animals? But you got the Godzilla the things. Most? So now I'm going Godzilla and Kong. I'm going, you know, every movie trailer I've ever seen, even if I haven't seen the movie. Didn't you go to King Kong that time we had the premiere? I did not. Yeah, you're not much of a party goer, but uh, yeah. Then we were working at Simmons. They rented out uh, Jordan Commons, and we had a Christmas bash there. And uh, we got to see the premiere of King Kong. All all the people who worked for Simmons who were there had dinner at the defunct now now defunct Mayan. And ah, I've been to the Mayan. Yes, got to waterfalls, see the, cliff diving, the, the premiere. That was fun. That was a and that was a fun movie for sure. Obviously the remake. But I don't necessarily know you have to be the biggest because when I look up, uh, Gobert's the biggest, but he's not the Maybe the tallest, but he's not the bulkiest. I know. That was what and, I was struggling with. And his ability to move it, is it's critical. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if we, we were, focus on the block shots and the rim protection, but he can move on the perimeter, too. Well, if you can't, they just play you off the floor with a pick and roll. And so it's not that he's a small guy, but if he were 50 pounds heavier, if he were built like, you know, Marcus Gasol and Shaq, I'm trying to think of, you know, thicker centers in the NBA. Uh-huh. Yeah, you sure. Know? 
Yeah. Uh, how go- about a gazelle? Can cover a lot of ground in an instant. And has good hops. Gazelles, their verticals are very impressive. <laughs> I've seen it at the Animal Combine. Well, Donovan said he was an animal. He's yeah. in beast mode. Marshawn Lynch. That was that was pretty dominant. The number of guys who went at him and he was just swatting them away, and they were coming from all angles. He was chasing some guys down, get, blocking some shots from the side, whatever it took. For sure, yeah. And then yeah, getting absolutely. a deflection on the 10th one that went in of all the bizarre things to have happen. Yeah, I, the, the triple double thing just really doesn't doesn't, doesn't do it for you. Me. A lot no, of people were yeah. way into that. There were a lot of questions about that in the post game. I think your other point was spot on to, about the uh, the demoralizing nature of offense and offense and defense in basketball. The game's free flowing, so it's chicken and egg. You know which one starts the other. You're more likely to hit a shot if you get a stop, but if you hit a shot, you're more likely to follow it up with a stop. It feeds into each other. And it's 23-20 late in the first quarter, and they close the quarter 9-0, and they start the next one 10-0, and it really did send that message you speak of. Man, we are us, and you are you. So we'll run around out here for 48 minutes, but don't, don't be getting any ideas on how this is going to play out, because we all know how it's going to play out. And it's a message they didn't send to the Warriors, and it's a message they didn't send to the Wizards. Right. And it, it, it is, we're getting into jump on them early territory, and you don't like it, but when you're as good as the Jazz are and these other teams are as mediocre to bad as they are, it is a message. It's not bad to send that message early. <laughs> well, I don't think you have to jump on them. You, at minimum, stay even with them. Don't fall behind. Don't, that gives them life. If, if the first quarter is 27-24, you know, you really haven't buried them by any stretch, but you let them know you're going to have to be really good. So that's the problem where jump on them early. I'm, I don't, and that's great if you do it, but I don't necessarily think the Jazz need to do that. They need to show that, okay, everybody knows Mitchell is a second-half player. I mean, the league, there, there's no secrets at this point. Donovan Mitchell is an established star, and so they see, they know the numbers inside and out, blah, blah, blah. So the point is, if you can just be there with them, if you're three points behind, three points ahead, you know, you haven't jumped on them. But we know from the opposition standpoint and from just our fan point standpoint of watching the game, they have that ability as well or better than anybody in the league right now to just have an offensive onslaught. So if you only have a three-point lead, you know, you can feel good about yourself, but you know that you, just, you simply just know, yeah, wait a second here, though. We absolutely know what they're capable of. The thing that I don't like is these lackluster starts that just give this team, the opposition, whoever it might be, in this case you point out obviously the Warriors and the Wizards, give them the momentum to think, hey, we got a shot here, man. And our confidence is growing. I mean, Steph Curry and Bradley Beal and those types, they don't necessarily need confidence growing. But some role players do. And you look at the Bulls' role players, well, they didn't do, none of them did anything, right? They're mostly, uh, that's the rosters largely consisting of role players. And none of them really had any moment where they stood out. Occasional bucket here and there, but... It sent the message, yes, and the message, especially if Mitchell's going to score. I think he had 19 in, in the first half, which is unusual for him. It just looks like, okay, guys, Bulls, start getting ready for the next game because you get no shot this one. That's exactly what happened. So the question is, are they back? Uh, yeah, they're back to what they were doing in January as far as uh, pummeling a bad team. Now are they going to continue this going forward because there are plenty of games where they are clearly going to have uh, – they, they, well, we don't know who's going to play, but they clearly should have a, a big advantage here, and they ought to be clear-cut favorites. They've got a few a, a smattering of games against the top teams in the West, and the one we we're all looking forward to coming up it was about a month away – with their two get a little less than that, their two games set with the Lakers. But if LeBron's going to be out, is AD back? So, and you got a, a steady diet here of um, Memphis's and Chicago again, and so there's a lot of games lined up here where the Jazz ought to win. So the question well, is, are the Jazz back? Isn't the same as the question which people really want answered, which are they set up for a deep playoff run? 
That one's still TBD. But as far as yes, pummeling teams, it looks like they are set up. I think they absolutely are set up for a deep playoff run. Doesn't mean they'll do it, but they're set up for it. They got how could you say that's TBD? They got the best record in the league. And how many games are we into it now? Well, you gave What's yourself an out. They're set up for it, but they're that doesn't mean they'll do it. Right, but that wasn't the question. The question was, are they set up for? You just said the question was, are they set up for a long playoff run? You didn't say, are they going to have a long playoff run? You said, are they set up to going to have a to have a long playoff run? Absolutely, they're set up to have a long playoff run. That's not TBD. The TBD is, will they have a long playoff run? I stand corrected. Will they? No, 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 no. I don't want you to stand corrected. I want you to argue with me, you idiot. If they're set up to and they don't, (laughs) then no one cares that they were set up to. Well, yeah, well, we'll cross that bridge at the time. But right right now, they are set. And that would be an epic failure if it came to that. I want the standards to be established. I don't want them to, oh, well, this or that, you know, like these broadcasters like to do to come up with all these multitude of excuses. Oh, first game back off a long road trip. Bleep that. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. (laughs) You think the Bulls, they're they're announcing, well, this is the first game back, so it feels like they're still on the road. You think Jordan, yeah, okay, yeah. First game back. Hey, Kobe, hey, guys, it's first game back here after a long road trip, so we're probably going to struggle, you know, so don't get all worked up. You think that's the attitude that they took? No, it Larry wasn't. Larry Bird, the legends of the game? Absolutely not. No, Larry was more so likely to say. why should these do? Larry was more likely in the middle of a road trip to say, ah, I'm going to play this game left-handed. <laughs> I'm saving my right hand for the Lakers. <laughs> awesome lines. So I, I want – standards you want those man don't run from them embrace them completely not that i think these guys are running from them i think there's some people who want them to win so desperately that they create excuses when they lose because it hurts so bad well i'm fortunate enough that if if they lose it doesn't hurt me at all personally (laughs) so i mean just been in this business too long i'm not from here uh, I want them to win because it's great for business, as we've said five trillion times. <laughs> and if they lose, it hurts for business. And I think, okay, now we got to tap dance a little bit here for uh, till we get to the start of college football. Uh, but apparently, we've done that fairly well because we're friggin' nineteen years into doing it. There have been a few lottery seasons, <laughs> a few seasons where yeah. they were tearing things apart. We got through them. Yeah, yeah, and we'll and we'll get through this one. We'll but the playoffs, yeah, the playoffs are a little later this year, and if they uh, are able to pull off the deep run, the summer will be shorter than ever. Literally, I mean, even uh, the when the statues went to the finals, the finals were in early June, and the finals yeah. are going to be in early July to mid July this year. So, yeah, I think the, like the last day, like July twenty second, is the last conceivable day it can end or something. Yeah, give or take a day or two. So yeah, and that uh, hopefully they have Pac-12 Media Day the following week, and and then away <laughs> we go with that. Uh, that that would be absolutely awesome. That would be a dream scenario for sure, and I and I really want that to happen. But I don't think these these guys are running from expectations. I think that was the whole point of them being furious about the Philadelphia thing. It's like, wait a second here. If we were filling the blank big market team that had this type of record, we would be getting this type of respect. And interestingly enough, and it'll be posted here at KSL this morning, writing a piece, the Jazz since that time have overwhelmingly outshot the teams in free throw attempts since that Philly thing. I mean, overwhelming by some staggering numbers. Uh, I think uh, Washington was the only game of the, what have they had, six since then, that they didn't have more free throws than the opposition. Uh, not the Toronto game game was off the charts last night was 41 to 14 yeah last last night night it was it was like 15 to 11 12 12 but the Bulls got a bunch in garbage time Mm. and the Bulls are uh they're the least frequent in free throw team uh attempts attempts in the in the league I think uh, is what the stat was so and the Bulls got some at the end they probably got uh half of those 12 
when the game was a 20-point lead at the end of the game. Yeah, they got two of them on the very last possession, and it was all decided. It was all decided going to the fourth quarter. There was not much going on in the fourth. Right, so at that point, free throws didn't really matter. But I think that was the point that they were making. Is like, we deserve this respect, the respect that the great teams get. And they do. And they do deserve it. And they are a great team. So, in my mind, absolutely, they're set up to have a long playoff run. And it would actually be disappointing if they didn't have a long playoff run. That I can't is say the... choke because I don't know the complexion of the games, but I certainly think that they're set up to have a long playoff run. That is the uh, absolute right word, disappointing. The hopes are up now. So, you got the best Nothing record. Wrong with that. It does feel like they've weathered one of those storms. Every season has a storm. I agree they do. Right. And they it looks like they have, yeah. And they do. Uh, you can look back at teams that have won titles. They they've had their moments of uh, little dips here and there. That's it's just that's not a big deal. And maybe the and we're all hoping that the what we've just had here is the Jazz have had that. Now Bogdanovich still can't buy a three to save his life, but I like what they did in terms of trying to get him posted up. Mm-hmm. And then I like what Quinn Snyder did when the game was out of hand, they were slow to take him out. I think that was on purpose to try to get him some more rhythm and taking his threes. He didn't hit him, but I like what they were doing there. And if they want to go bear to try to get the triple-double and leave him in a couple of minutes later, he didn't get hurt, so there's no second-guessing there. I mean, I, I would take every game that he plays the rest of his life like he had that one, and if he never gets a triple-double, I don't know how he's going to survive and just the overwhelming regret that he would have. I don't think he gives a crap. So what? I mean, be a dominant force in the game. Be the animal. The sleek animal who can cover all sorts of ground. The gazelle. I wish Donovan had given us which animal it was. It's probably <laughs> mythical, though. you probably got to combine the, the skill set of... Because he moves really well, or they would play him off the floor with the tr- the uh, the pick and roll. So like and that, that he, and he does guy have in the, the commercial size. who is actually the lower half of his body is a motorcycle? Half man, half motorcycle. Is that a Geico <laughs> thing? <laughs> is, that, is, that what, is that what you want there? Yeah. You need one of those cranes that's down at the port that lifts all the cargo off the ship. Then yeah, well, a motorcycle. I lived, I lived in the port community. I right, know exactly, exactly what you're right. yeah. what you're talking about. Uh, one time, I they sent me on a story when I was doing news, and I went on at the port, and I didn't know you're supposed to have to have fifty different levels of security to get on there. And I went on, and I went into this building, and they said, like, "What are you doing here?" And well, I want to talk to this guy. Well, how'd you get in? I said, "I just drove through," and the guy took me and pushed me down the stairs. And then they took me to the gate, and I had this little Nissan truck that I had bought for like $7,000. And they photographed it in like every conceivable way because I had shattered security. <laughs> Look at you, laughing. Agent Kinahan. <laughs> well, I covered for uh, – we had a gal who was the port reporter, and I wasn't. And so they said, oh, go over here and start get a comment from this guy. So it was like a one-shot deal. But, I mean, they were all just bent out of shape. And I'm laughing. Like, hey, you guys, what's <laughs> Your security is awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just drove right through the gate, and you're blaming me. I mean, he literally grabbed me by the collar and dragged me. I was standing up, but they literally dragged me down the stairs, pushed me out the door into my car, and then took pictures, every conceivable angle of me in the car because I had violated their big security. <laughs> Which apparently blows. I know. I know. It made me laugh. And I think that my attitude, like, man, I don't give a crap about this, infuriated them even more. Which added to my enjoyment. enjoyment of course it did. <laughs> to you not being wired right. <laughs> All right. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. we got more reaction coming up. People hitting us up on Facebook. Uh, people tweeting at us. Are the Jazz back? The 25-point win over the Bulls. So are they back on track? Are they rolling? Uh, we will get to that coming up. Also, Vernon Maxwell tweeting, Stop the hate on Asians. Continue to hate on Utah. What is his deal? We'll get to that coming up. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. So I'm trying to get my phone to not call me Hans. All right, try it again. Don't call me Hans. Okay, what should I call you? Hans. You'd like me to call you Hats. Is that right? <laughs> 
No. <laughs> pants. You'd like me to call you pants. It's <laughs> the dumbest thing. Like Lance or Dance. What is my name, Google? Your name is Hans. Ah, stupid, dumb thing. Could you call me Hans, Ned? You'd like me to call you handsome. Is that right? Well, it's better than Hans, yeah. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. The store has grab-and-go meals and hundreds of local products. The store has two locations in Holiday at 6200 South and 2050 East. Also, at the Gateway Mall in downtown Salt Lake City. That's the store. So Vernon Maxwell tweeted, Stop the hate on Asians, continue to hate Utah instead. What is his deal? Well, PK, the first thing we got to do to get this discussion going is explain to our younger listeners who Vernon Maxwell is. Because we got a lot of people... On the Facebook page, hitting us up with uh, who? And if you're a 30-year-old listener, uh, why would you know him, I guess, unless you study your NBA history, but played before your time. I disagree on that. I think that they're just trying to minimize him. They know full well who he is. Well, there's definitely some some minimization going on. It takes five seconds to find out who he is. James says he was always considered a head case, thus the moniker Mad Max. I just find it interesting that he can repeatedly get away with this hate and no one ever calls him out about it. Tyler says he agrees. Hey, Utah, don't come here. Please tell all the Californians the same thing. Leave us alone and stay in your bleepy-run state. They hate us. True story. We're done doing radio. We're going to have to leave. Quit using all the water and all the air. Yak just pointed at me. That's right. Quit using our air. When I'm done, I want to leave. (laughs) Jeez. You can't kick me out. I leave. (laughs) I quit. Well, I don't want to stay here in the winter. What can I tell you? (laughs) It's a very good point. Yak's like, take me with you. (laughs) Hey, my grandpa went south. I went and visited him a couple weeks ago, and I'm like, no wonder you moved. (laughs) When the time comes, whenever that may be, who knows? Uh, if it comes, <laughs> it came from my father at age 80, only because his health deteriorated. Actually, 82, his health deteriorated. Uh, so uh, that's why I assume I'm just a working stiff. So I assume that it'll be that way for me. Parker says, dude punched a fan in Portland back in the day, too. I reckon he hates that place also. Doesn't tweet about it. The stuff I see is about Utah. Hates it. Well, you can go look at his Twitter and go look at everything. It's available says, there for disposal. Jim says as long as people continue to react, he will continue to have a voice. Everyone has a voice. Steve wonders, does anyone really care? No, that's the point. Why is he allowed to get away with it without anybody caring? Because we're all getting better about not listening to what's said about us. That's not true. Okay. I mean, that's that's the whole (laughs) essence of television these days. What somebody said about you. I'm looking this morning. All the liberals are up in arms because Scarborough is uh, cracking on uh, Biden for the immigration thing. They thought Scarborough was one of theirs when he was cracking on the other guy. Now he's cracking on this guy, and so now they're going after him and calling him all sorts of vile names. That's the way this whole thing works. I say something that's going to get attention, and you crack on me because I don't support your guy, your gal, whoever it might be, and then and then we're off and running. And Joe cashes in. So I, I just find it interesting. If, if, if Vernon Maxwell was cracking on another state, would there be some blowback? Have you heard people crack on other states? Well, yeah, you just heard the other guy. He's just that bleep state, California. <laughs> people crack on Got California. Alabama, all the... California, yeah. Alabama, Mississippi, West Virginia, now that I think about it, yes. Yeah. Florida has been cracked on. I mean, I heard one guy on our station crack on New Jersey, said it was a dump. What? Yeah, well, can... 
uh, particular background, I mean, Malibu would be a dump. (laughs) (laughs) Dump Malibu. (laughs) If you haven't been to Malibu, people, it's excellent. Everybody knows where Malibu is. If Malibu is a dump, we are all in trouble. Watch Two and a Half Men and you can see uh, (laughs) every time. Fly the drone down the coastline. (laughs) Yeah, if he... Maxwell, I think you can get away with it because it's Utah. You can dump on Utah pretty much all you want. Nobody really bats an eyelash. So what's his deal? He's bitter about his playing days? I don't know what his deal is. I can't answer it. You're a theory guy. I don't have any theories for you. His Rockets career ended in Utah when Rudy kicked him off the team in the middle of the playoff series. Is that how it ended? Yeah, yeah, he vaporized. I think it was after game, I don't know if it was after game one or two. It was a five-game series. I don't know. Or does he have a point? Is there something inherently wrong with Utah, as he apparently loves to point out? I I do not know what his point is or what his motivation is. The only thing that's clear is he really doesn't like Utah. Well, the latest tweet was, don't hate the Asians, hate in Utah. Suppose you're an Asian in Utah. That would quite create a quandary. Wait a minute. I didn't, <laughs> you didn't cut me any slack there, dude. What are you doing? Yeah. What about that? Well, I think he's going with the stereotype that 100% of Utah is white. Oh, I'd say even more than 100%. If I ask how that's possible, I'll get an answer I won't like, so I think I won't ask that. (laughs) Well, I know we have some Asians in our community. They live in my neighborhood. I say hello to them when they walk around the block in the summer. So it's not 100% white. Yeah, That's the stereotype, though, for sure. His motivation, you got me. Reading Vernon Maxwell's mind, not good at that. Yeah, should you ignore it or should you respond and amp up the attack back? Well, you can spend your whole life defending yourself against anybody anything says about you, your community, whether that's, you know, geographic or something you just have in common with people. Or you can just blow it off and then I don't have time to argue with 7 billion people about me and let them define me, whatever, dude. You know, his well, voice, does his voice have enough weight? You know, if his voice had more weight, if he had a more respected career? I don't know. Go look on his, uh, rec- uh, his Twitter and see what type of response he's getting. It's simple. I haven't done that. But does he get response? I mean, it's easy to see, is he getting some kind of response? Doesn't necessarily mean it's the overwhelming majority opinion of of folks, what the responses are, but is he getting some type of response when he puts out these absurd tweets? Or is he being ignored? There's a big difference there. Is he preaching to the choir and a bunch of people say, yeah, that racist plays, blah, 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 blah. I don't know because I'm not looking at it. Uh, 53,000 likes, 18,000 retweets, 594 comments on a 2017 tweet about jazz fans. Now that's a lot of 17. Yeah. He pinned that tweet. So it's at the top of his Twitter. Oh, I gotcha. Well, then the, the hate, the Asian thing is just a, of, of course now, right? Cause did, it's, did you see the farm hoops thing he sent out exclusive footage from the jazz practice facility? And there's guys playing on on dirt in a, a barn, essentially. No, I don't. I I don't spend that much time on Twitter, and I and I spent zero time on Vernon Maxwell's Twitter. So I saw it last night because somebody retweeted it. I don't know why it was in my timeline. I don't know who it was. I mean, I saw it. It was funny video. Uh, that's got 124 retweets and a thousand likes. So does that bother you, or is it just kind of funny? At Farm Hoops. The Stop the Hate on Asians, here it is. Continue the Hate on Utah. That's got 20,000 likes, 2,500 retweets, and 191 comments. Well, the thing on the farm thing that you explain, I can see where there's humor in that. Yeah. 
But when you're bringing race into it, uh, is that funny? Uh, well, I think the answers are yes to the video. I did find it funny. And no to the Stop the Hate on Asians is real. It's obviously been, you know, deadly in the headlines. And it's obviously not a one-time thing that this is a trend. People who track this kind of stuff have been tracking it for a full year. So mm-hmm. it's serious. And you see people of Asian descent interviewed, and they are definitely scared. You know, it is definitely impacting their life. So you shouldn't be joking about that. It's impacting too many people too negatively. It's not funny. Right. I, I, obviously, there's a difference there. And then in the and the uh, flip side of it, you're slandering an entire state. Yeah. So, because there's people apparently that are hating Asians to the point of death. So, does that say, so instead of taking out your anger with death to Asians, death to Utahns, can we take it that far? Is that a, a reasonable conclusion of where he's going? It's just, uh, I, don't, I don't find it reasonable, but I don't think that, I just don't think you can mix any comedy or anything into that. It just, you know, his previous tweet is, y'all quit doing that dumb bleep and leave our Asian brothers and sisters alone. Hashtag stop Asian hate. You know? That's a serious take. That's what he thinks, and there it is. And But it didn't get nearly the reaction. It got more reaction when it was stop the hate on Asians, continue to hate Utah instead. You know, one, one has 20,000 likes. One has 1,000 likes. One has 2,500 retweets. One has 174. So, okay. People did think it was funny, or they did think it was entertaining, or I don't know, maybe they retweeted it because they thought it was true. I don't, I don't or is know he just such a wacko? That nobody really pays any attention to him because he's nuts. Uh, I think that that's closer to the truth. I think that it's, I mean, I can't say they pay no attention to him because they are following him and retweeting and liking and commenting. So there's something there, but I don't think any serious people take it very seriously. He's, you know, he's out there. So wackos take it seriously, but serious people don't take it seriously. Or people who get into every last thing and like drama. You know, I don't. I mean, you got twenty thousand retweets. I don't know that all those twenty thousand people can be filed in the same place. I guess I'd have to hear from them why they're into it. Some, so, some like the drama. Some are probably uh, some of those comments. I don't. I haven't read them yet, but some of those comments may, may well be people who take them very seriously, who are defending Utah and are offended. There's probably a group of them interacting with him. There's, Probably people interacting with it for multiple reasons. Okay. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Coming up this morning, Ben Anderson, Utah Jazz writer for KSLSports.com. He's going to join us at 830. Jeff Judkins, BYU women's basketball coach, BYU, winning in the NCAA tournament with a big second-half rally. Juddy will be here a little after 9 o'clock. And Ben Anderson, jazz writer for KSLSports.com, coming up in about 25 minutes with the Jazz winning back-to-back games for the first time since the All-Star break and making it look pretty easy as they take the Bulls out. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.